What's up, Everlast? How are we doing tonight? We're good? Are we all right? Gosh, that song just wrecked me so good. I just told Jay, I was like, why are you holding out on us, bro? Like, where's that song been all my life? Can we just give God glory for Jay and Jeremy and for Elle? Thank you guys for leading us and worshiping Jesus through song. Uh, well, yeah, if you're new to Everlast, my name's Kevin. You can just call me Kev. Say, hey, Kev. Everybody say your name out loud. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> nice to meet you. Um, I met quite a few new people tonight. I met Mallory and Christian. Yeah, hi, guys. Yeah, they're like, they're like oh, gosh, what is he doing? I'm just, I just, I just want to say I met them. They're awesome. I met, uh, where's Zach and, and Cooper? I met Cooper, I think, recently. But, yeah, hey, dude, where's Zach at? Where do you go? Oh, okay. He's not here. He'll be here in a second. Oh, Zach, Zach our sound guy, is back there, too. That's another Zach. Man, I just wanted to say, if you're new here, I met, a lot, I met a lot of other people, too, and we've, I just wanted to say that, listen, if you're new, we are seriously glad that you came, and uh, please let us know how we can serve you. Myself, my, uh, my wife, her name's Tina, she's the young adult coordinator here, I'm the young adult pastor here, and uh, we have our Everlast team. Please let us know how we can serve you, and uh, yeah, we're just so glad that you're here. Um, well, tonight we begin our new series, The Vow. I, yes, yes, give me the woos, I love it. Uh, we're, we're seriously, we're truly stoked for what, for what the Lord has in store. And I'm just going to cut to the chase, I'm going to just get right to it. Y'all ready? You ready? Let's get right to it. I need y'all to listen real close, this is important. First and foremost, before we would start this series tonight, I want to address two things. Two things. If my words have any weight... We've gotten to know each other here at young, our young adult ministry here at Everlast. Just listen close. I want to address two things. One, this series is not just geared towards married couples. Whether you're single in the room, you're dating, engaged, or married, you need to know that this series is for everyone. Two, this series is not for the purpose of you finding a spouse here at Everlast. I don't need y'all to be distracted as we talk through this, thinking, you know, what, who is, my, is he or she or sitting around me right now? I, don't, I, I need y'all to be listen close because I, I, I honestly couldn't be any more serious on what I'm about to say. Uh, seriously, uh, uh, um, you need to know that this ministry is not a meat market. No. Like, I, I don't giggle on that. I'm, I, I couldn't be any more serious. The purpose of Everlast is not for you to find a spouse. That's not the purpose or why we are here. The purpose of this ministry is for you to encounter Jesus, grow in Jesus, and make Jesus known. That's the purpose. That's it. Now, if along the way the Lord allows you to meet someone here at Everlast who loves Jesus and is pursuing him wholeheartedly as you are pursuing Jesus, well, y'all, that's awesome. Praise God. <laughs> We celebrate that. Amen. That's amazing. But I just, I just want to make this super clear. One, this series applies to everyone. Two, this series is not for the purpose of finding Mr. and Mrs. Wright. Amen? Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay. So now that I've got that out of the way, what is the purpose of this new series, The Vow? What is the purpose? Well, one of the main questions we are going to be revolving around and will answer is this, is what is the meaning of marriage? We're going to be answering that. In this series, we will be answering this question by looking to God's word to help paint the big picture of why God designed marriage and what he purposed marriage uh, for. We're also going to be looking at what the Bible says about communication, about um, purity, um, about uh, pursuit, 
perseverance, and many other things that apply for those who are married and for those who are not married. And whether the Lord calls you to singleness or to be married, this series is essential for anyone and, and, and everyone who wants to grow in their knowledge of God's word and, and ultimately their relationship with him. With that being said, can you just please grab your Bibles, let's, let's grab those things, and uh, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 31 through 32. Grab your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 31 through 32. Let's read. Therefore a man shall leave his mother and, I'm sorry, wow, messed that up. Therefore a, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. Verse 32, this mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Can we just pray again real quick one more time together before we dive into God's word? Father in heaven, we love you so much. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for your presence tonight. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us, uh, Lord, that you are always there for us. You are always working. Uh, Lord, you neither slumber uh, nor sleep. God, you, you are always working. And, Lord, your word says you're working for those who love you, for the good of those who love you. We're so thankful to you, God, tonight. You're so real. You're so true. Father, I pray that as we continue in worship through your word, that you would do just that. You would speak to us. And so Everlast, now I just encourage you. I love to do this every week. Anytime we're up here, we want to give you the space. My wife did it earlier. Give you just the space and margin to pray for your own heart. Just pray this. Say, God, would you speak to me tonight? And now I want to encourage you, pray for those on your left and right. Pray for them. Say, God, would you speak to them tonight? doesn't matter if you know them or not. Just ask God to speak to them. And lastly, I would kindly ask that you would please pray for me, um, that God would make, uh, you know, God would use me tonight to make things clear and helpful. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, please speak to us now. In Jesus' name, we all say together, amen. Amen. Amen literally means to agree. We're just agreeing together, all right? Well, my wife, Tina, and I, we've been married for almost seven years. Give me a little, give me, give me a little woo. Yeah, there we go. Yes. Glory, hallelujah. She fine and she mine. I love it. I can remember the first time we met, though, y'all. I was literally, I was leading worship on stage. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. But I was, I was leading on stage, and I just couldn't help but notice. I said to myself, I was like, who is, play my guitar like this. I was like, who is that blonde walking in the room? A-O. And, uh, you know, I was like, she looked good. Uh, long story short, I pursued her and intentionally got to know her, and we ended up making it Facebook and Instagram official. You know, because <laughs> you know, it ain't official until it's on the book of the gram, right? Ha ha, kidding. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, time, time went on, and man, y'all, we were stoked. We were stoked. It was so awesome. Time went on. Everything was honestly so blissful. I mean, that's how it goes, right? That's how it goes. You start dating someone, and you're, con you're you are, gosh, you are just convinced they could do no wrong. 
You're just convinced with it. They are literally the best thing since sliced bread. You are just, you, and you, even, you work hard to impress, right? You work hard. You'll buy 100 bags of, of M&Ms and pick out their freaking favorite color, and then, and then you'll drive 100 miles just to give them those M&Ms. Shoot, you'll even, you'll even eat food that you normally wouldn't even come close to thinking about trying, right? Along with, along with Buzz Lightyear, you'll go to infinity and beyond just because you want to try to make them smile. Oh, you know, like that, that zone, right? Something else you do is that you put, you put on your best self, you know, your best self. You, you work so hard to, to hide maybe some of the, 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 the quirks, you know, that, that, uh, that, that are embarrassing about you. Uh, you know, and you're, you're even willing to turn a blind eye to their quirkiness and to, to try to keep, quote, unquote, the magic going, right? Uh, but, but, but what you're honestly doing is just prolonging the inevitable. Eventually something happens. The inevitable is this. Over time, and I would even argue that there is actually a moment in time where your quirkiness or the quirkiness of whom you are dating is put on full display. Yeah, you can laugh at that. Amen. Exactly. That moment for me was when I saw Tina's toothpaste. It, it was a beautiful Texas evening. Oh, just beautiful. Now, at this point, Tina and I had been dating, I think, for quite a, quite a few weeks, right, babe? Or a couple of months at least, something like that. Uh, we, we had just arrived at her apartment, you know, to hang out after an awesome dinner at a restaurant we had on our date. When I got to her apartment, I, you know, I had to use the restroom. By the way, when you're in this phase of dating, if I could just keep it real, you obviously never, ever want to go number two. Ever. Am, am I right? I mean, I, I, it's for, it's serious, right? I mean, y'all, y'all are like, that's, that's weird. No, it's, it's not weird. It's true. It's true. I mean, there's no way. That's too much. It's too soon. It's too embarrassing. Heck no. But, but eventually it has to happen, right? Anyways, this wasn't that time. Uh, I, went, I went to wash my hands. And when I, went to, when I went to the soap, I noticed one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in my entire life. No joke. Tina's tube of toothpaste looked very different. Like very different. Here's the thing. The actual toothpaste wasn't really in the bottle. But it was out of it. What do you mean, Kev? Well, there was this massive glob. I mean, like probably this, like the size of my palm, man. This massive glob that had hardened. Just hanging off of the opening of where you squeeze the toothpaste out of the tube. Just hanging there. I mean, y'all, it was, it was big. It was huge. I, I, looked, I, looked to, I looked to the right of this, to the right, to the right of the tube of the toothpaste, and there sat the cap to the toothpaste. And I was just, like, so perplexed. I was like, what did I get myself into? I'm kidding. No, I thought to myself, why, why does she use her toothpaste like this? Why doesn't she just put the cap on after she uses it? Now, did I turn a blind eye to that quirk of hers, thinking it would save her from embarrassment? Of course not. Of course not. I brought it out, and I held it and asked, what in the world is this? And, and, and she began to crack up. She's like, oh, my gosh, she was cracking up. And, I mean, the amount of toothpaste that was not being used could have brushed like 100 people's teeth. It was, it was crazy. And so now no, let, me just, let me just be clear real quick. I, seriously, let me just say, uh, hear me, literally, for every one of Tina's quirks, I have 17 to match it. Like, I am the king of weirdos in our relationship. 
but hey, aren't we all weirdos? And Jesus, for his, for his glory, amen. Can I get an amen on that? We're weirdos, amen. Y'all, check this out. Everything is hot pink and roses until quirks start to take the spotlight. Until one of you farts in front of the other for the first time. You know, or you witness the attack of the toothpaste like I did, or, or whatever, whatever quirk it may be, right? Uh, think about this. We have all, so far, all we've talked about are quirks, but what about when sin enters the picture? What about instead of a weird and funny quirk that your flesh gets riled up and you actually sin against each other in some form or fashion? You see, it doesn't take long, it does not take long to figure out uh, what I call uh, the Hollywood type of love. It isn't, <laughs> the Hollywood type of love isn't what it's all cracked up to be. Here's what Hollywood love depicts. It shows us a film where two people meet and are infatuated with each other. They're all about feelings, all about the feelings. They actually base their life decisions on those feelings, where they emotionally pursue and try to find true happiness in that other person. Hollywood love, I'm just going to kind of go through a list. Hollywood, listen close. Hollywood love ultimately paints a picture of marriage that is in direct opposition of how God designed it. Direct opposition. Hollywood love is primarily about being happy. Hollywood love is primarily about how the other person makes you feel. Hollywood love distorts and treats sex and intimacy to be an object that is selfishly taken rather than a gift selflessly given within the love and union of marriage. Hollywood love is about what I can get out of this. And if that person doesn't meet my needs, well, then I'll just leave and try to find it elsewhere. Hollywood love is based and rooted in the phrase, the grass is greener on the other side. Which, y'all, honestly, is a breeding ground for selfishness and immaturity. What Hollywood, what Hollywood love also depicts is that you get married and you live happily ever after. And it never goes further than that. Hollywood love causes us to have this false view of marriage and hold tightly to unrealistic expectations that will never be met. Hollywood love, in other words, y'all, the world, the world causes us to see and filter the gift of marriage through the cultural lenses of romanticism and sentimentality. I'm going to say that again. Hollywood love, in other words, the world, the world, it causes us to see uh, and filter the gift of marriage from God through the, culture len the cultural lenses of, of romanticism and sentimentality. It makes marriage look like a dozen red roses, romantic lakeside picnics and balloons and chocolates and teddy bears. Now, while marriage can have those things, y'all, it's much more than that. It's much more than that. Let's go back to our text, Ephesians chapter 5, 31 through 32. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Y'all, this is huge. This is huge. 
What this is saying is that Hollywood love has it completely wrong. The purpose of marriage isn't about feelings, happiness, or what I get out of it. What these verses are saying, though, is that the purpose of marriage is patterned after Christ's pursuit and love of his church and the covenant he made with her. So what does that mean? Okay, well, simply put, Christ thought of himself as the bridegroom as we followers of Christ are his bride. So just like when a man and a woman get married, there's a bride and a bridegroom. You know, Christ is our bridegroom. Matthew 9, uh, 15 actually confirms this when it says, And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them and, shall, uh, and then they uh, shall fast. Here Jesus is referring, in this moment, referring to himself as the bridegroom. The purpose of marriage is to reflect the, here's the thing, y'all, this is it. <laughs> the purpose of marriage is to reflect the ultimate marriage between Christ and the church. I'll say it again. The purpose of marriage is to reflect the ultimate marriage between Christ and the church. That he, y'all, he willingly, gosh, he willingly gave himself. He willingly gave himself up for her. This is what Paul is referring to when he says that marriage is a great mystery. In Ephesians 5.32, he said, I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Christ obtained the church by his blood and formed a new covenant with her. An unbreakable marriage. Unbreakable. And when Christ, our bridegroom, died on the cross, y'all, for our sins, he made a covenant with us, his bride. Luke 22, verse 20 says this, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Romans eleven twenty seven 27 says this, and this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Amen? And so, and for those who place their faith in Christ, they are brought, I'm sorry, they are bought, they are brought into and bought and purchased with his own blood. It's God's pledge to forgive the sins of his people. It's a promise to those who have placed their faith in him. Y'all, that is why marriage exists, to display the ultimate marriage between Christ and his church. Unconditionally, lovingly forgiving and extending grace to your spouse, dying to yourself and serving for the better of your spouse. It's about keeping and reflecting the covenant that Christ has made with us. So now, let's, I just want to continue tonight, I really do, I want to continue tonight in talking, um, or I'm sorry, rather describing what marriage is by describing what it isn't. So we're going to continue tonight describing what marriage is by describing what it isn't, all right? Here's number one. This is what mar- the, mar- the number one thing that marriage isn't, all right? Marriage isn't mainly about you staying in love. It's mainly about staying in covenant. That's not, now that's not to say that my wife and I, Tina and I, aren't like madly in love because we are. But it is saying that marriage isn't primarily about that. It's primarily about keeping covenant, y'all. Everlast, there's a massive, y'all, there's massive difference between a contract and a covenant. Huge difference. Let me ask you a quick question. Do you have good cell service? <laughs> no. Well, welcome to the club. 
Yeah, I currently am in a contract with a company. My wife and I are in contract with a company. That company will, will uh, remain anonymous. That I would say has the worst cell service in the entire world. Uh, it seems as if everywhere I go, especially here in the Springs, that I can't make a, a phone call without the other person on the other side sounding like a, a robot, you know, or, or, the, or, or let alone the phone call, like, actually just dropping all together. But since I'm in contract with this anonymous company uh, and pay them a monthly fee, if they don't deliver on what they said they would deliver, well, I can, I can terminate my account. I'm out. Peace. Deuces. Later. I'm out. I, I can do that, and I can, I can you know, fi- find another company that would hopefully make good on what they said that they would do. Check this out. Y'all listen close. This contractual agreement or contractual relationship is one of the main ways on how the world has jaded the view and understanding of what marriage is designed by God to be. Let me quickly, I'm just going to quickly, I think it's going to be on the screen for you. Let me quickly line out the differences between a contract and a covenant, all right? A contract seeks what it can get. A covenant seeks what it can give. A contract seeks what it can get. A covenant seeks what it can give. The courts enforce contracts. Character enforces a covenant. The courts enforce contracts. Character enforces a covenant. A covenant calls for the signing of names. A covenant calls for the binding of hearts. A contract calls for the signing of names. A covenant calls for the binding of hearts. A contract is based on performance. A covenant is based on love. A contract is valid until the agreement is broken. A covenant is valid until death. I heard it once said, I love this quote. It's not the love that sustains the promise. It's the promise that sustains the love. It's not the love that sustains the promise. It's the promise that sustains the love. Amen. Hallelujah. When Tina and I said our vows, for better, for worse, Looking at it right now, I'm doing it again. For better or for worse, till death do us part, and as long as we both shall live. It was a sacred covenant promise, y'all. That when tri- so when trials come our way, or, or when we sin against each other, or when feelings come and go, or we remember our vows that we made on that day. Those vows will remain throughout our marriage, reflecting the promise that Christ has made to us. That he will never leave or never forsake us. Which leads us to the second point of what marriage isn't. Here's the second point of what marriage isn't. Marriage isn't based on feelings. It is based on faith. The basis of feelings of oneself or one another is, y'all, is weak and it is feeble. Listen, feelings, <laughs> feelings come and go. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. Feelings come and go. There have been times, there's been times, and I'm sure that there will be many times where Tina and I, in our marriage together, don't feel like loving each other. Y'all, I am a grade A punk. I am a sinner with a capital S. And my, my wife, like, 
you know, like I guarantee you there's many times where she doesn't feel like loving me and vice versa. We're both, yes, we're both sinners, amen. Again, feelings come and go. Marriage is meant to be based on faith, not feelings. Marriage is based on faith in Christ. It honestly makes me think of the passage of Scripture starting in Luke 22, uh, verses 42 through 44. You can jot that down if you want. Luke, Luke uh, 22, 42 through 44, where Jesus is about, y'all, he's about to be betrayed. Think about it, man. He's about to be betrayed. He's arrested and then soon crucified. Gosh, that's just nuts, man. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, which I was able to see. Me and my wife went there, I think, a year and a half ago or so. It's amazing. Jesus in the garden gets somebody praying to the God, the Father, and he says this. Jesus says this, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Verse, thir- verse 43, and there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Just think about it, Everlast. Think about it. Jesus being in agony to the point of sweating drops of blood, which anatomically speaking is possible to be under that much stress, under that much angst. Asking the Father to remove this cup from him. Now, I want you all to check this out. Now, Now, imagine if Jesus had based his decision on going to the cross off of his feelings in that moment. His feelings, as we read from this text, aren't feelings of excitement (laughs) about what's about to take place. His feelings are of agony, knowing what he's about to face. Yet he didn't base his decision off of feelings. He based his decision on keeping his promise of the new covenant. Hallelujah, amen. End of the day, Everlast feelings are weak and unreliable, but faith in Jesus is strong and reliable. The only way marriage thrives is to be rooted in faith in Jesus, period, period. Here's the third point of what marriage isn't, all right? Here's the third point of what marriage isn't. Marriage isn't about your pursuit of happiness. It's about your pursuit of holiness, I need you all to hear that. Marriage isn't about your pursuit of happiness. It's about your pursuit of holiness. A quote that my mom loved. My mom actually, when I was a little eight, I thought I was about eight years old, she passed away breast cancer. She loved Jesus. Um, by God's grace, I know Jesus personally, you know, uh, uh, yeah, through my mom's faith and how she lived her life. She, she passed away at 35 years old. You know, Pastor Al here at church our church here at Calvary Worship Center, he says, you don't have to live a lifetime to leave a legacy. And it's so true. My mom loved Jesus, y'all. One of her favorite quotes was, happiness is temporary, but joy is eternal. And I love and will always totally agree with that. Amen. It's, cr- y'all, but <laughs> it's crazy what we will do in order to be happy. Gosh, it's nuts. We do a lot of crazy things. Seriously, we spend a lot of money. Travel to crazy places and search of happiness. Here's the thing, though. Happiness is absolutely temporal. Literally, I get hungry. I crave a burger. I buy that burger. I'm stoked to eat that burger. I finish that burger. 
Then maybe five, five hours later, I'm in search of another Happy Meal. No pun intended. Um, maybe, or, wait, I, that was punny. Anyways, maybe pun was intended. I never get that. Anyways. Happiness is temporary. Joy is eternal. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever wondered what is God's will for your life? You ever wondered that? Man, what's, what is, what's God's will for my life? It's a big question. Do you know that he's already let us know? Check it out. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. For this is the will of God, comma, your sanctification. That's right. You heard it. God says to us in his word that our happiness isn't his will for us. It's crazy to think about, right? It is very clear that he is more about us being like Christ than being happy. What is sanctification? Check it out. The Greek word translated sanctification, um, hagiasmos, means holiness, to uh, sanctify. Therefore, means, uh, it means to make holy. I don't, I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. God cares deeply about you. He loves you. He's crazy about you. But he's more for you becoming more like his son than your temporal happiness. God cares deeply about us turning away from the empty promises of the world and instead turning to the fullness that is only found in Christ. 1 Peter 1, 15-16, check it out, it's on the screen. But as, though, uh, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7. For God has not called us for impurity, but in what? Holiness. Think, think of it this way. I, want you to, I think this is on the screen too. Think of it this way. Y'all listen close. Happiness equals glancing at God while gazing at the world. Joy equals glancing at the world while gazing on God. I love how David said it in Psalm 16, verse 11. He said, you make known to me the path of life in your presence there is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore holiness y'all in jesus is where true joy is found happiness is temporary joy is eternal marriage is about our holiness not our happiness the fourth point of what marriage isn't here's the fourth point of what marriage isn't marriage isn't about you it's about God and bringing the most glory to him as possible. Paul explains uh, that instead of, uh, instead of a selfish union, marriage at its core is designed to be a selfless union. He said that in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5 is just awesome, period. But Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 27. You can mark that down if you want. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 27. That's where Paul mentions marriage is a selfless union. I love what Paul David Tripp, uh, he's a pastor and author, Paul David Tripp, he, he, he said this about self. I love what he said. The idolatry that defeats us is usually not the worship of formal religious idols, but a whole catalog of God replacements, the chief of which is the self. So I am in desperate need of a redeemer 
who not only can protect me from external idols, but who can rescue me again and again from me. Listen to this. Death to self everlast, not personal gratification, is the center of marriage's gravitational pull. Let me say that again. Death to self, not personal gratification, is the center of marriage's gravitational pull. Y'all, Jesus came to serve, not to be served. He literally died to himself for the glory of God and also so that we may live for our betterment. Philippians chapter 2 verse 8 says, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Thank you, God. We can, we can put it simply like this. Check it out. Selfishness is inward. Selflessness is outward. Selfishness is conditional. Selflessness is unconditional. Marriage is a continual state of saying no to self and yes to the betterment of the other. This, y'all, this brings God so much glory, so much glory. When we humble ourselves, we make God look really big, <laughs> really big. Marriage, y'all, is not about you. It's about God. Which leads us to our final point of what marriage isn't. Number five, marriage isn't the answer or the ultimate prize. Jesus is. You need to hear that. Marriage isn't the answer or ultimate prize. Jesus is. I heard it once said this, don't recklessly chase marriage for things you will only fully find in God. Fullness of joy is not found at, at that altar. And pleasures forevermore are not lying in the marriage bed. No. Scripture sings about a higher love and greater joy. We'll read it again, Psalm 1611. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy at your right hand. Our pleasures forevermore. Amen. I can read that to the cows come home. At the end of the day, I can't find my complete satisfaction or fulfillment in my wife Tina. It's impossible. Or her to me. No. Like we mentioned earlier, Jesus is the only one who, 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 where we will find our true commit, uh, contentment, satisfaction, and, and joy in. Listen, if you're single in the room, listen, listen to me real quick. If you're single in the room, hear me when I say, before anyone could ever make you happy in marriage, you have to have already given your heart away to someone else, and that someone else is Jesus. Don't let, don't let that go one out the other. And guess, and guess what? Jesus doesn't just give circumstantial happiness. He gives himself. And he, to reiterate, is the definition of joy. He's the epitome of joy. He is joy. The fullness of joy is only going to be available uh, to you in him. Period. If you're engaged in the room, don't get your hope incorrectly placed. The soon-to-be marriage you're about to enter into with your fiancé will not fill you up. Only Jesus can do that. And the same goes for those who are married in the room. Listen, don't get your, yeah. If you're married in the room, you, you, you will never find true commitment and, and, and contentment and satisfaction in your spouse. Spouses make really 
make a really poor God. I could tell you that. Spouses make a really poor God. Marriage is a gift from the Lord, but y'all, <laughs> marriage is a gift from the Lord, but, but it isn't the answer. Jesus is and will always be. In closing tonight, let me share with you a quote by, by a pastor and author, Mark Driscoll. It's going to be on the screen. Check it out. Only when marriage exists for God's glory and not to serve as replacement idols are we able to truly love or be loved. Remember, neither your spouse or your future spouse should be who you worship, but instead who you worship with. Everlast, marriage isn't mainly about you staying in love. It's about you staying in covenant. Marriage isn't based on feelings. It's based on faith. Marriage isn't about your pursuit of happiness. It's about your pursuit of holiness. Marriage isn't about you. It's about God and bringing Him the most glory possible. Marriage isn't the answer or ultimate prize. Jesus is. End of the day, y'all, the, uh, the biblical purpose for marriage is not man-centered. It's God-centered. Marriage is purpose to reflect the marriage between Christ and the church. Marriage is meant to point to the truth of the crucified and risen Savior who will return for his bride, the church. By the grace of God, marriage is meant to be the best echo or the most faithful reflection of the ultimate relationship with Christ. It's about being um, 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 genuinely united in a strong, godly, intimate relationship that echoes the one between Christ and the church. God has gifted us the, the gift of marriage so it can be a picture of the gospel to the world. And listen, if, you, if you're here tonight and you're not in a covenant with Christ, meaning you, you aren't a believer in Jesus yet, meaning you haven't confessed your sins to him, meaning you, you, know, believe, believe, you haven't believed that he is the one true and living God, trusting him to save you, let me implore you. Can I just implore you with something? Let me just tell you. Please do so. Jesus, y'all, is, is, is everything to me. He's the best thing that happened to me. His loving kindness, his forgiveness is amazing. My relationship with Jesus, yeah, is the best thing that's ever happened. And my life is better, let alone my marriage, <laughs> because of him. He wants to know you. Personally, he wants to speak to you. Let him show you what it truly means to make and keep a promise. Because he will. Y'all, life with Jesus isn't a good life to live. It's, it's the best life to live. Let's pray.